Hey, everybody, it's a beautiful Wednesday. I'm Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Gabe Henderson, I'm not even going to try to tease y'all too much. He's going to join us today, Vikings Entertainment Network, but he's a Liberty grad, some Liberty sports. It's kind of cool, cool things I saw this weekend. My daughter caught it. Uh, one of the most unique sports moments you'll ever see in college sports, and Liberty uh, was a part of it. I will talk to Gabe about that, but then OTA started. Not a lot of speculation because it's just OTAs. It's Kirk Cousins with no shoulder pads. But we're going to get Gabe's thoughts on what's going on. And then, of course, in the Daily Three, we got some videos from the press conference. Sam's going to drop on me. I have not seen them. So this is going to be my first take at what I thought of the presser coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson. As I said, this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm your host. We got Sam Ekstrom joining me as well as my producer, and then Gabe Henderson is going to join us. But remember, before we do all that, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com backslash locked on to get started today. Remember, that no sweat first bet. If you have not made a bet on FanDuel, when you place your first $5 bet, $10 bet, whatever you want to do, they're going to give you 150 bucks. There's more opportunities, too. I heard there's like a $1,000 deal in there now for a couple early bets. You got to bet a certain way, though, but it's their money. I bet on the Nuggets to beat the Lakers. I won, so give me my money, just like I told y'all it worked. And I said the Heat are a lock. It didn't happen. It's coming, though. The Heat are going to beat the Celtics, so that's another lock for you people. Um, not too dialed in the hockey. I'll let Sam give you the lock on the hockey world, uh, but I hear the Panthers, Vegas. It's a good It's a good. Good matchup. I know I know Gabe's from the uh that area as well with Carolina. Uh, but as we jump into the show, I want to bring in my producer Sam Ekstrom and our special guest today, Gabe Henderson. So, fellas, I want everybody to understand this. So I gotta start with you with you, Gabe. Liberty Softball was in the qualifier, and they had a chance to go into the super sweet 16, the super regional, and they lost. But here's the cool thing, and I don't even think ESPN noticed what was going on. Liberty lost, and they prayed with the team that just beat them and prayed for them in the next round of this uh, 16. Now, of course, everybody always loves when the, the best team, which is UCLA, doesn't make it because upsets makes – that's what softball is about. J, JMU a couple years ago with Odyssey, uh, she was awesome to watch her knock off some of the Giants. And then you saw it again this year. wasn't Liberty, but, you know – you see San Diego State going for the first time in a while. But, Gabe, you know, when you see a school like Liberty, man, like laying down the sword, game's over, you lost. You see some teams lose, and they lose their composure. Like LSU, some key moments. There was a girl that got tossed because she said something to an ump. And, and you know, and who knows what of how that affected the ump later down the road. But there's the composure is not always there. But Liberty, man, like hats off to them uh, for, for just, you know, coming together after the game, praying – uh, for their opponent and you know with their opponent uh, how cool is that to hear when you hear stuff like that about your school liberty 
it, it's it's cool, man. Um, especially you know because it puts things into perspective. Um, I'm a believer, so uh, having the opportunity to pray whether with your you know friends or your enemies, like you 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 can't pass up that. I think in the same breath, being a former Liberty alum and like playing football there, like that that's kind of the norm. Like we we always prayed after practice, every single practice, mm-hmm. and we also prayed before and after every single game. So, um, I, I think you know what's the saying like develop habits and then the opportunity to to show what your habits are will come and yeah this is just another one of those things where you know liberty just uh, unfortunate game but they 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 work to get to this actual platform and then you know you lose you lose in in humility and then go out with a bang and then pray for your your opponents and then hope for them to continue to succeed like that that's pretty much what i believe liberty has stood for even since i, I was there so I love it, but it's it's not really any anything new to me. Just understanding that I did it for five years after every practice, after every practice and every game when I played ball there. Right. And one more before I let Sam jump into this with the OTAs. I know he has some OTA questions for you. But Liberty upset UCLA. UCLA was the yeah. number two team in the country. So I've been there. I beat Penn State when they were the number two team in the country. So I know that that lives with you forever. It lives with you forever. You'll never forget that moment. I still, people still are posting that video. I mean, I just saw Big Ten Network just posted it uh, on Twitter saying, happy birthday, Ron. Here's one of the biggest plays in gopher football history. Uh, LeVar Arrington still is mad at me about that. Um, we have fun with it, but, you know, it, it's it's cool. Spice Adams, you know, I get to tease him for the rest of my life uh, that I knocked him off, you know, when they were number two in the country. But Liberty not only upset UCLA, but Maya Brady. Like, when you see Tom Brady – you get to yeah. say this. You get to say, "Hey, man, like my liberty, uh, you know what's what's up, man? Like your, your, your niece, your niece couldn't, your niece couldn't get it done, man." And you know, you right. you now have an automatic in to start a conversation with Tom Brady and his niece, Maya Brady, which I didn't realize his sister, Maureen Brady, nineteen ninety four Fresno State All American pitcher. So it has nothing to do with her her, her baby daddy or her boyfriend. Yeah. she's given her daughter the talent to be, I mean, she's one of the top three, three players in the country. Uh, so just not the name. She's not carrying the name Brady. Like, Oh, I'm Tom Brady's niece. No, she's Maya Brady. She is one of the top three players in college softball, but man, but Liberty upsets UCLA. How cool was that? Yeah. I mean, what the Bible belt, uh, pretty much retired Tom Brady and the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and then the, the Bible school pretty much retired his, his, his niece. So uh, it, it was cool to see, you know, UCLA kind of get, I mean, UCLA, like, I'm a big softball fan, too. So when you think of college softball, at least today, UCLA is the first team you think about. And for Liberty Real to get that win, I believe it's the second time they've beat the host of the tournament in the college oh, world wow. at the college uh, tournament. Um, I, I, and last year, last year, that was the first year they did it. They beat Tennessee. Uh, that, w- that was really cool to see. I'm still a little upset that they lost to San Diego State. They kind of beat themselves in that game. Um, up 2-0, like literally had all the momentum, and then a, a double play, like a just a uh, – I, I want to say bonehead. I want to find a better word for that. But <laughs> kind of a boneheaded double play that, you know, a girl got picked off at second on a, on a, live, on a line drive. So it was basically like yeah. – not a line drive. It was a strikeout, and then she got thrown out at second by the catcher. And it's like yep. if you're at second, you should automatically get back to the base. So that kind of took that, that momentum. But just that program in particular, man um, – that that softball program, Dot Richardson, like Dot Richardson is the reason why I have this job with the Minnesota Vikings. Like she's cool. the she's the the reason why I started to believe in myself when it comes to this content field. Um, that's a whole story in itself. But just just 
knowing Dot Richardson for the past 10 years and like just hearing her story and just growing alongside her, like I shot her a text just saying, you know, congratulations on the year. Like she's just a, a phenomenal human being and uh, Liberty softball is definitely going to going to be making some rounds for years to come. Maybe when your daughters are, are in college, Ron. Yeah, I know. I will say this, man. My daughter, she was watching the game and uh, it was kind of cool for her to see Liberty on a big stage because she was like, she saw them praying and she's like, oh, they're a Christian school. She's like, man, I'd love to play softball for a Christian school. So, you know, like I, I, at that moment, I'm like, you know what? It's softball. So she can end up in the, in the if she wants to go to Liberty and hopefully thank, you know, I, I pray and she gets that opportunity to ever see her play one day. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I take it. I mean, she's going to be a lefty slapper. She's I mean, she ran a 13 10 the other day and won another middle school meet uh beat all the eighth graders as a sixth grader so she's fast she yeah. is fast i'll say that like she ran in the, under the varsity category i guess seventh eighth grade is considered varsity sixth and fifth is jv so she was on middle school varsity and yeah she won the whole meet uh in the hundred she won the hurdles she ran like a sub 11 in the hurdles but she had never run the 60 meter hurdles before and so she ran a sub 11 there so i was very surprised her and my wife practiced for like 20 minutes before the meet that's that was her only practice and she killed it uh she had speed like she, she doesn't have the best Olympian. she doesn't have the best technique but she has the best speed and so uh you know and then she uh turned around and, and won the tr- the long jump my wife of course is an olympian triple jumper uh, so my wife was proud to see that she won the, the long jump with like a 13, two and a half or something. And she wasn't even running fast because she didn't even have steps. Like my wife didn't even go over there and help her with the long jump. She just said, you go do it. Uh, so yeah, she's an athlete. So I, I loved, I love for that opportunity, but she did find out. She's like, wait, Liberty's in Virginia. That's kind of far. <laughs> so <laughs> it's beautiful though, but she's 12. So she's, she's, I'm pretty sure when she's 18, she'll be happy to go far away from mom and dad. Uh, but before we jump into the OTA Vikings talk with Gabe Henderson, I mentioned myself, I want everybody to remember. You can find us on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just go to your Amazon or Fire Roku device. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. And I know you heard Gabe's voice. Trust me, he looks just like he sounds, like he has a sexy voice. So I'm pretty sure that's a face you guys want to match up with the voice. Because I know a lot of people do that on the radio sometimes. They will like wonder what Dan Patrick looks like, or they wonder, you know, what Stephen A. Smith looks like. Trust me, Gabe looks like neither of them. He has all of his hair. His hairline is intact. He wears a turtleneck every once in a while, like Nino Brown. So, you know, Gabe <laughs> Henderson is definitely one. And Sam Ekstrom, you know, Sam's cute too. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate on Sam. Like, make sure you check Sam out as well. Very, very <laughs> inclusive show. <laughs> but Sam, take it away, man. What you got for the OTAs? Yeah. Um, well, the OTAs are all about the trickle-down effect because a lot of guys aren't there. A lot of guys are rehabbing and whatnot. So you kind of get to see the backfill. Like, okay, Jordan Addison is out. Maybe Gabe can tell us why. I'm not sure why he's out. Uh, Justin Jefferson's not here. So who's going to fill in for them? Well, Jalen Naylor was Mm -hmm. running alongside K.J. Osborne yesterday, and I thought, Gabe, he looked awesome. I thought he was the MVP of the offense in a very limited session of seven on sevens and 11 on 11s but i bet he made half a dozen catches a couple of them were pretty nice contested grabs uh and he was getting those reps over jalen rager who was also you know available to 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 play uh so i wonder if that's a little telling gabe about how they feel about jalen naylor what do you think yeah i mean in the league of what have you done for me lately jalen naylor finished the season with a bang um had the touchdown against the green bay packers Uh, Chicago Bears had a few good catches Mm -hmm. and you bring him back in this year and you say, okay, this is our drafted receiver. This is a guy that we, we wanted him. So we're going to give him the, the, I'm not going to say more. Well, yeah, you're, you're giving him more opportunities to play versus a veteran guy that you're going to have to pay eventually if he gets more reps. So 
this is also another opportunity for Jalen, KJ, Jalen Rager, all three of those guys to get some quality reps. Like Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, probably wide receiver one and wide receiver two this year. They're not here. So get in and go with Kirk. Let Kirk trust you. Build some reps. Let the coaches see you on tape. Allow those opportunities um, to build confidence in that coaching staff to be able to trust you once, you know, September, October comes. Okay, look, J.J. needs a break. He's winded. Who can I trust in this moment? Well, Jalen Naylor, remember him back in May? Like, he's progressed every single day. So it, it, it is a um, a very interesting sight to see, but I'm excited for, for Jalen Naylor because, you know, you're only as good as your backups, right? And we all know that Jalen Naylor is probably not going to start week one mm-hmm. uh, for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it too, Jordan Reed from ESPN, Sam, you remember when he was on our show, he said the same thing. He thought Jalen Naylor was going to be a yeah. great piece uh, to this offense. So maybe Jordan Reed had some tea leaves he didn't want to tell us he got from uh, internal sources. Because, uh, you know, those those ESPN guys get their internal sources and they run with them. Uh, so I will say Jordan Reed was one of the first people. And our show was one of the first shows to really pump Jalen Naylor. Uh, so, Sam, we called it before the rest of the world. Let's make sure we get that out there. Uh, but Jalen Naylor... And you know this Gabe is a wide receiver, and I'm looking at like Ronnie Bell from Michigan. Um, same thing. I just saw some articles on the web about uh, him being one of the top receivers, turning eyes in OTAs. Uh, and you know this Gabe, when you make plays in OTAs, even though you don't have equipment on. Let's go back to last year when KJ Osborne was making plays and diving for balls, and every and you know back when Courtney Cronin, I think even maybe the year before that when Co- Courtney Cronin was still covering the team, and she was saying like, man. K.J. Osborne is having a great OTAs. He's having a great mini camp. He's having a great training camp. And then what happens? K.J. Osborne becomes one of the stars in the in the receiver room and, and a guy they can trust to make big plays. So maybe Jalen Rayler, Ray, I'm sorry, Jalen Naylor is the next name. But Sam mentioned like Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson not being there. Do you think uh, Justin Jefferson? He doesn't have to be there. He I don't even want him there. Put him in a bubble. Let's wrap him up. Let's get him for week one. Uh, but for Jordan Addison, man, like how how soon do you think he needs to be able to jail with Kirk, and how much time do you think he'll need with him? I, I don't think it'll take too much time. Um, just being completely honest with you, like once training camp starts and the pads come on, and then you start having joint practices, like th- that's that's pretty much all the the gelling that you need. Just think about. Uh, I mean, JJ in particular, yeah. he didn't really play until week three of his rookie year and then literally set the world on fire. True. The fact that, I mean, I've, I've been in the building every day, literally just saw Jordan Addison 20 minutes ago and just seeing, you know, him talking to coaches or doing walkthroughs or still in meetings, like he'll, he'll be fine. Like, I don't, I don't think fans need to, to be too concerned about that if at all, because um, like there was, there was one day last week, Speaking of, I got a the Viking circle of Jordan Addison out right now on uh, mm-hmm. Vikings.com. Oh, okay. But at the same time, I had we pushed that interview back till about 5.45 p.m. because he was in the, the IPF for about two and a half hours after practice, literally just doing a walkthrough, him and Keenan McCardell. So mm. jo- Jordan Addison, he's, he's getting that work in right now, and um, I'm sure the world is going to be on notice once him and J.J. start making plays together. And here's a name I'd say for people to remember. Van – Jefferson watch the way the Rams use Van Jefferson in that Super Bowl season Kevin O'Connell has that on the front of his lobe so I have a feeling Jalen Naylor could be the Van Jefferson if you got Justin Jefferson as your Cooper Cup you got Jordan Addison as your OBJ let's call it you got KJ Osborne as your fill-in tight end slash third receiver Van Jefferson running that goal that deep post 
I could see I could see Jalen Nader with that speed being that fourth receiver that he really is going to count on uh, because we know he wants to have multiple sets. He wants to run the ball. He wants to go big with tight ends. He also wants to be able to spread it out and throw the ball. So I, I think I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. And honestly, like for me, I know Gabe can't say this. I feel like Jalen Rager is the odd man out, and that's going to be the issue going forward. I think like he's going to have to really show he deserves to be there or he's going to be a cap casualty during training camp when they start to cut down and get down to 53. But that's just how it feels right now. We don't know uh, because I've learned in this business, never pick names too early, never pick a horse too early because they can all of a sudden light it up. And the coaches are like, boom, let's move him to the top of the board because he's one of our top five receivers, top six receivers. Uh, Gabe, uh, I'll let Sam get one more and then I'll get one more before we go to the break. But uh, sorry, no, I'll get one more and then we'll go to the break and then we'll come back with Sam. Uh, but Gabe, real quick one before we get out of here uh, and go to the first break. Uh, when you think about Kevin O'Connell and you think about this team and what Kevin O'Connell is trying to build, do you feel like, because everybody keeps saying culture. We know the culture had to shift. Do you feel like as he drafts his own players, that culture is becoming more and more a part of this team? Yeah. Um, and I say that because the, a lot of the guys that he's drafted are, are versatile. And he mm -hmm. wants versatile guys that just play fast. And if you can do that, that is pretty much an A-plus a in Kevin O'Connell's book. I, I believe Kevin O'Connell basically is saying, I'm going to get the players in here, but – what's going to get this team over the top is the coaching. So you bring in Brian Flores, you got Kevin O'Connell, who everybody wanted the past couple of years. Hey, just, just give me the guys that just want to play hard and are versatile. If somebody goes down, I can put them in another spot and I can coach those guys up to be able to win football games. So that's pretty much why the Vikings were 13 and four last year. Wasn't the, wasn't the prettiest team, like wasn't the greatest wins, but coaching got us some of those close wins. So Kevin O'Connell, that process is just, Hey, you guys put in the work and I'm a better myself to put you in the right position to be able to make plays to win some of those close games. So I love that culture shift that's been happening right now with him and Quasey. And the fact that, you know, outside looking in, even inside looking out, that they're aligned on their goals, that only makes for, you know, another great year. That's I'm not going to say it's going to be 13 wins, but I, I do believe that's a winning record. We're going to take our first break before we get out of here and come back. We're going to have more Gabe OTA talk, Vikings talk, and then, you know, what, what's Gabe got going with the suits this season? Because last season, Gabe, Gabe came out kind of fresh. I got to give it to him. Like, like Gabe made me want to step my game up every week. Uh, but remember, people, upcoming shows. We got Zach Ogil, uh, Vikings' latest pickup. Also talked to Lucky, uh, the newest receiver from my D.C. defenders that I picked that ended up being XFL greats. So that was my pick of the XFL season, and they did get a, a receiver this year from the D.C. defenders. And then Mo Linquist. Head coach of the University of Buffalo. We got him coming up as well next week. Uh, so make sure you guys tune in for those shows. And we have a word from our sponsors. Today is a great day for me to tell you all about Built Bar, a delicious snack. You don't want all the sugar and calories. You want to make healthy snack choices. Who doesn't? But sometimes the healthy snack choices, they don't always they don't taste as good. Well, Built is the exception to that rule. You can get the Built Bars or the Built Puffs. They are healthy and they taste amazing with 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, only 130 calories. And why do they taste so amazing? Well, it's 100% real dark chocolate with flavors like peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, coconut puff, brownie batter puff. The list goes on and on. You can get those specialty flavors at Built.com or... You can go in store to Walmart or Sam's Club, the pharmacy section, get a four-bar box, a 13-bar box, and stock up. Get a surplus of Built Bars this summer, the best-tasting protein bar ever built. 
You got to try this. You can thank me later. Well, now we're back for the second segment. Again, Ron Johnson, Gabe Henderson, that's Sam X. This is Ron Johnson show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Uh, the name I was alluding to before, sorry, people, was Lucky Jackson. Um, I, I forgot to say the full name because people are like, Lucky? Who was that? Lucky Jackson, he's a receiver, uh, played at Western Kentucky. He went on to the D.C. Defenders in XFL, had a good season. The Vikings are picking him up. Uh, so looking forward to seeing. I don't know what he's going to be, if he's going to be a practice squad guy. He might light it up, and who knows what happens. But Lucky Jackson is going to be a Minnesota Viking. We're going to talk to him about the XFL because everybody wants to know about the XFL. How real is it? Uh, does it feel like real football? I've heard stories about you know living situations. So we're going to have Lucky Jackson join us to talk to us a little bit about that. But, Gabe, I'm going to let Sam take the first question again about OTAs. But, Sam, what you got? Yeah, let's do some defensive focus here, Gabe. A lot of talk about Brian Flores' aggressive defense already kind of showing its identity. Even in the second OTA practice, exotic blitzes, three safety looks, defensive linemen moving around. Um, we saw Lewis Seen out there looking healthy alongside Bynum and Metellus. Harrison Smith wasn't there, so we saw those three guys in on a blitz package, roaming around in the box. It, it really felt like the kind of defense we'd been craving from Donatel last year. Have you gotten that vibe around the building that this is really a, a 180 now from Donatel to Flores? For, for sure. And um, I'll preface that by saying a, a lot of the players did like Ed Donatel. They, I mean, I, I, I'm on name, name, name names, but a lot of guys still loved Ed Donatel. I think in the same breath. They just don't believe some of the schemes fit the players that were on the roster. So for Brian Flores to basically say, okay, this is our plan, but we're going to fit that to what you do, that is the most exciting thing for a lot of these players is, is understanding that. So, yeah, that the exotic blitzes, the, you know, some of the, the twists and turns that a lot of these guys are doing. Granted, you know, these guys are in T-shirts and shorts or jerseys and shorts, so you can't really – can't really put too much thought into it but at the same time the fact that they're trying it out and we can see certain things and you can see the potential of what it can look like on game day yeah that, that that's exciting and uh brian flores that's just who he is he's a defensive genius and uh it's been he's been called that by a lot of names by a lot of big time names in the nfl so if he can continue that you know that wizardry up here in minnesota our defense will be you know on par to helping our offense out when it comes to sundays and I name names. Gabe don't want to name names. I'm going to name names. No, but <laughs> when you think about when you think about the names and, and the names I'll name is and everybody knows it was public knowledge. Uh, Patrick Peterson did come out and say exactly what you said. Like there, it's only so much I can do as a player if I'm asked to do this. And there's only so much I can do as this. So um, do you think that more so? And again, I, I agree with you on that, too. I think Ed Donatel's defense would have worked, but he would have needed maybe younger cornerbacks yeah. in that situation maybe maybe younger and and smarter like you can't have youth and old age like the two don't go together you have youth so they don't have a lot of uh a trust and knowledge in the system you're trying to call and then you have older age they don't have what they used to have and they can't do what they used to do um so when you think about byron murphy uh, you think about a Caleb Evans now in year two. You think about Andrew Booth in year two. Uh, you bring in Joe Juwan Williams. Um, you add uh, Makai Blackman. Uh, do you think those guys now have enough? And then, of course, you got Cam Bynum, which I, I'm picking him as my dark horse MVP that Brian Flores is going to use as a Swiss Army knife. A guy that played cornerback at Cal, can cover a tight end in a tight spot. Like if you're in the wrong coverage, but you're like, look, we got to go man quick. 
he can jump down in the box and cover, let's just say, the Falcons running back, uh, B. John Robinson, who's now saying he's in the slot for 50% of practices now. He's he's the new Christian McCaffrey. Um, do you think <laughs> that Flo has the guy? I mean, that's what B. John's out here saying. Like, oh, they got me running receiver routes in the slot. Like, I know the Falcons are like, dude, shut up. Like, we don't need people to know what you're doing right now. But if you think about that, with with all the pieces now, Flo has younger guys, uh, cornerbacks that all are flexible, can move around. If they're caught in slot, they're not out of you know out of their norm. Um, do you think those are the pieces that are going to work for him to be able to go man and zero coverage every once in a while? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need some smart cerebral players like you know like Cam Bynum isn't the best man safety, not the best right. man corner. But the fact that it's smart and it's intangibles put him in situations to make plays and kind of makes up for his lack thereof when it comes to man coverage, that's what B-Flow wants. It's like, I mean, Cam's not a C player, but B-Flow, just talking to my my roommate who who played for B-Flow in Miami, he says if if a player, if their ceiling is a C, B-Flow is going to get a C-plus out of that. It's not going to be a B, but it's going to be a C-plus. So mm-hmm. the fact that he can put players in – positions to to benefit their strengths that only makes the play i mean ryan you know i mean you play yeah. in the league like that that only makes you more confident like all right like coach understands who i am so all i got to do is just be me like i'm going to go be the best me even if that's not better than rob gronkowski or uh whoever whoever was playing tight end when you were with the ravens but that that's what b flow is instilling in this defense and um, i'm excited just to see uh, how this younger defense can 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 thrive under that because age if we can't we can't put our, our excuse on age anymore like the, mm-hmm. the oldest players on our defense right now is Harrison Smith and uh, Jordan Hicks and both of those right. guys are, are pretty solid in what they do so hey you you got to go out there and make a play man man to man like hey, you got those those fresh knees uh, you know, <laughs> fresh knees Andrew, Andrew Booth like go out there and play man. Yeah, yeah, I, I played with uh, Shannon Sharp was a tight end with the Ravens, and we also had Todd Heap. Todd Heap was their first round draft pick who came in to replace uh, Shannon Sharp and uh, had a really good career. He just hurt his back a bunch, uh, but mm-hmm. Todd and I, Todd still my boy, uh, and uh, Terry Jones. Terry Jones and I came in together from Alabama, and so he was more of our blocking uh, tight end. Uh, and, but yeah, they, they when you think about what you're saying, Rob Winkowski, all these guys, these different hybrid type of guys. Uh, cause Todd Heap was one of those, like he was like a, a Zach Ertz before Zach Ertz happened. Like Todd Heap played mm-hmm. receiver. He split out wide. Like he was doing it early. Cause Shannon Sharp kind of said it like, man, like you're, you're, you're six, four, but you're only 240 pounds. Like, don't think that you need to just have your hand in the ground. And I think Brian Billick started to realize that like, man, we could do some things. And they started flexing Todd mm-hmm. out and they started putting him in the slot next to me. I mean, it, it got fun. I mean, we would, we would double team blocks and then we run play action. Todd would be the play action release guy knowing he had one-on-one with a linebacker down the field, 15 yards, 20 yards, he's going to make that play. So, yeah, I, I agree with you saying that. Like, Cam Bynum is a guy that you can say, look, I don't need a linebacker on this tight end. Let's leave Cam Bynum over here because we can mm-hmm. trust him doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see and fun to see. Uh, here's a fun one for you. We were part of the schedule release video. I saw it come yeah. up. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I panicked. Uh, the, the drone came flying through, and I panicked. I didn't know what to say. Uh, <laughs> I think I just said like I said like man I think that was my life like it was it was horrible it, it didn't even make the final cut because they were like what what is Ron doing like that was horrible uh, I panicked I saw the drone I got scared I saw I saw T.J. Hawkinson I saw John Randall I panicked uh, <laughs> man but, that, that was the funniest thing because it, it was it was our second take because the first take you you had, you had it right right and the second take you were like I was like man the week five against the defend the Super Bowl champs. 
the Kansas City Chiefs. Ron's like, man. I know. It's just, like, that's it? Like, that's that's all you got? <laughs> like, I know. The first take, I had it, and then the drone was flying so fast, I panicked. Like, I didn't know what to say. Like, because then they were like, clean audio, and I'm like, all right, let's do this. And then they did it, and I'm like, what did I just do? Like, why, what was that? That was horrible. Uh, but looking at the schedule release, uh, Gabe, when you talk about every team uh, doing some schedule releases, we've already broke this down on Locked On about the best and the worst. Uh, Tennessee Titans, definitely. We, we did it with Lawrence Green and Spice Adams as well. What you the, call them ten- tendency Titans. I was about to say they, they oh. do got a lot of tendency. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans, they had a really good one uh, with their fans and guessing the logos, and uh, it, it was fun. But when you looked at the, the Vikings schedule release, one, it was cool to see Kirk Cousins kind of, you know, come out of his shell even more, uh, you know, embracing the minivan, uh, kind of the Avengers. I, I felt like it was like Ant-Man in his van with a, with a video camera rolling out of it and throwing a pass at Victor. Uh, but what games were you most excited or kind of looking forward to uh, when that schedule release came out when you saw it? Uh, I mean, Kansas City, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's at home. Like, that's the first big game at home. 325, like, Pat Mahomes, first time playing at U.S. Bank Stadium, Super Bowl champions. Like, you, you really know who you are as a team by that point. But if you don't, you fast forward a couple of weeks after that and you play the San Francisco 49ers at home primetime. So those yeah. are the two. Like, if you really want to be a good team, you got to be able to beat those good teams. Like, you, you have to be able to beat – I mean, granted – Nobody's beating the 49ers in November and December. So the True. fact that you get them that early, like you, you got you got to make True. a statement, especially at home. So yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a very very unique schedule. Um, I think there's a lot of trap games in there. I think that Carolina Panthers game is a trap game because uh, you go from home to Carolina Panthers to facing uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So mm. there there's a few there's another trap game in there too. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But you don't think like CJ or not CJ Stroud, but Bryce Young and Adam Thielen, you don't think that's going to have some players, though, kind of like, you know, like it's Adam Thielen. You know what I mean? Because Thielen might give you some bulletin board material. So he might help take you out of that trap mentality because, you know what I mean? And then what KJ Osborne did to him last minute play. Like, I I do see that because I thought about that myself. I'm like, but I'm like, and maybe that's me being too personal because I know Adam Thielen. And, you know, I, I care too much where some of these players like never play with Adam Thielen. So they're like, I don't care about Adam Thielen. But, you know, like I just feel like for me, like knowing I'm going to play Bryce Young for the defense for sure. It's like I can't let this rookie get off against me. Like, right. I don't know, but maybe that's me. I'm old school. I'm, I'm thinking differently. I don't know. What do you and, think it's, and it's week four, too. So, like, right. I mean, hopefully he doesn't have his. I mean, he's probably not going to have it figured out by week four. So, right. That, that, that is a must-win game, which is why I think it's a trap game because it's like, yeah. he's not going to have it figured out. Like, we just played the Chargers at home. Like, we had to beat Eric Kendricks. He came in emotional like Pat P <laughs> did in Arizona a couple of years ago. So, we got we got we to gotta win this one. There's a lot of former Kendricks. players on the schedule. Oh, yeah. I forgot right. about Eric Kendricks. Right. You think Eric so, Kendricks is going to do like a, a Ray Lewis dance out the tunnel or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, throw the that. hair back, have water go back on his hair, do the Triple H, blow the water up in the sky, like – I can see I can see him doing the skull chain. Like, is there gonna be a is there gonna be a tribute video for him and his wife Probably when they come back? Probably like, yeah, I, w- I wonder how many uh because they don't get Adam Thielen at home. Are there any? Because Sam, you did bring that. Up. Are there any other players coming back? Mm, I can't think home, of anything off the top of games. my head. I mean, Chicago Bears. I think you got a couple there, but like nothing too yeah, important. Yeah, nothing. I mean, yeah, nothing. Yeah, I guess Eric Kendrick might get a little touching video and 
you know, that, that could be interesting. One, one fun one, though, Gabe, before we get out of here, we got to jump over to the Daily 3. And, of course, we're going to have a, a, a presser Daily 3, myself and Sam. Sam's going to throw some videos on me, and I'm going to react. Uh, but, Gabe, you talked about the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes' first time coming to U.S. Bank Stadium. It's also going to be Jackson Mahomes' first time, maybe, <laughs> if he's not in jail. If you see him, fun one, if you see him on the field, knowing he's probably going to do a TikTok, yeah. are you trying to get out of the way? Like, are you trying to make sure you don't end up in one of his TikTok videos? Nah, it depends. It dep- I'm gonna be like, yo, if you can, if you don't tag me, I'm calling security. <laughs> so if you tag me, like we we're good. But nah, yeah, I'm, I'm getting out of the way. It's like, come on, man, don't don't do that in Minnesota. Because like, that's really? his thing. I mean, he literally goes to every stadium, and him and Brittany, Patrick's wife, is either both of them are just him, but they do TikToks in every like that's his goal, I think, or something to do is TikTok in every single stadium. And so U.S. Bank, he's never been there. So you got Mall of America for him to do TikToks at. You got the U.S. Bank Stadium. And I know the one tasteless one that everybody killed him for was, and I don't think he even knew what he was doing, Sean Taylor's memorial in D.C. He did a TikTok over Sean Taylor's, like, number that was painted into the ground that was roped off. And I don't – and I personally don't think he's even smart enough or savvy enough to know Sean Taylor and what was going on at the time. Uh, But, yeah, that's that's one he got absolutely murdered for on social media that, like, dude, how out of touch are you to, like, try to do a TikTok on a dead man's, like – memorial um yeah. but yeah so clearly gabe's getting out the way of jackson mahomes um, yeah he, he missed me with that like i that's not my i, I wonder if tiktok tiktok will even be a thing by then who like, knows yeah i heard it might be banned and, I, and i'm for it if they ban it fine because because <laughs> i i heard the, the tiktok we get in the u.s is not the same tiktok the creators have in their country like it's it you get praised and likes over there for like building stuff and creating like new computers and new programs and showing talent like actual talent yeah, that's, that's over American here world. yeah over here we're just remaking the same video that everybody else made over and over and over and over again yeah. like if i see one more person do this and then this and it, like, come on, man. Like, how many times y'all gonna do that? Same dance, different song. Like, get something else. Like, come uh, on. Right. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Gabe Henderson. That's Sam Ekstrom. Uh, we, we'll be back after this. But remember, Sirius XM Radio, people, just download the Sirius XM app. It is so easy. It's so fun. I have it in my car. And if you want to keep up with your twins, Sirius XM is the best way to go. Why? Because you can take it anywhere with your on the go. The Twins start a new series with Toronto on Friday at 7.10 p.m. You can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. And please search it because maybe if more people listen, they'll start to win more. I don't know. I'm, I don't want to be October and the Twins are done too because, okay. I mean, I guess it'll be football season, so it'll be okay. But it is nice to have playoff sports in this town because it makes everybody better. But, again, Gabe, thanks for joining us. And we're going to jump over to the Daily Three. Appreciate you. So now it's time for a little Daily 3. That's myself and Sam, and he's going to play some clips for me. So take it away, Sam. All right, we're going to do the fancy screen share function so you can watch the video, you can listen to the clip, and then we'll talk about it. So this is Christian Derrissaw speaking about how Brian Flores' defense that they're seeing in practice is more useful for them than Ed Donatel's defense they faced last year. Uh, really, it just helps us, I feel like, um, because those looks, we, we weren't seeing those last year, and we're kind of getting like to, to games, and teams would run that certain defense, and they were kind of like, we were kind of be like negatively affected, and now we're getting to practice against it every day, and like, it's just not one certain, like, 4-3, 3-4, like, he brings it all, and mm. it's, it's definitely going to help us. Did he kind of dunk on Ed Donatel there a little bit, Ron? He's saying that Ed Donatel's defense didn't prepare them for games as well. No, I wouldn't say dunk on them. 
it was more like a crossover, crossover, step back, could dunk on him, but he just laid it up. Uh, it wasn't a true dunk. Like, uh, you know, it wasn't a bam out of Bayou on uh, Jason Tatum or uh, who did he kill the other night? Oh, uh, Jalen Brown. He absolutely put him in a spin cycle, kind of maybe stepped on his foot and uh, dunked on him. Uh, but I don't think he dunked on him, but he did cross him over a little bit, step back, and then he drove by him and laid it up. Uh, but this is what he's saying. So for Brian Flores, Brian Flores is trying to introduce everything. And Christian Darrell might have gave it away a little bit because I said, I don't think it's just going to be a 4-3 or a 3-4. I said it was going to be a hybrid look. Uh, and who else do we have on the show talking about Brian Flores, the multiple fronts? was that, Or did that Ryan Clark just told me maybe? I think, yeah, maybe Ryan Clark just told me via text because uh, I think yeah. I bought that up day one when you asked me. I said I spoke to Ryan Clark. Yeah, Ryan Clark said the multiple set defense of Brian Flores, just watch for it. It's going to be like a 4-3, three, 3-4 three, over. Um, and what that means over front from what he's saying is just who's covered and who's not covered. And so Brian Flores is going to switch it up, which I think is great because when you have Daniel Hunter who's a true DN, I've said this, don't be afraid to just put him in a 4-3 every once in a while. But then look, if you are a 3-4 type of guy, Go back to your fourth, your three, four, and run your bread and butter. But don't be afraid to drop down to a four, three. Just say, look, I got two DNs, I got two D tackles, I got three linebackers. Why can't I run a four, three? And and I think that's what uh, Christian Darisaw is saying. Now they're seeing both. They're not just seeing a three, four defense every day in practice, and then when they're facing four, three defenses, they don't know what to do. I, I don't think he dunked on him. I think he's just speaking facts and it's like, hey, look, we're seeing multiple fronts now, and this is going to help us because no matter who we play, we've seen both of these in practice. So I think it was a good one. Yeah, fair enough. Um, this one is TJ Hawkinson being asked about the impact that Jordan Addison has on him as a tight end. I mean, it's great. I mean, uh, you know, he's been out here running routes, um, you know, and that, that just does nothing but help us, um, you know, opens things up in the middle. Uh, makes it easier for me to play one-on-one, you know, and when I was, uh, the last few years, I've, I've been having to beat two guys. And so now it's, uh, it's a little easier to be one. So. Hmm. so do you think that, uh, TJ Hawkinson will ever be double teamed with Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne on the field? Uh, yes, he will, <laughs> because yeah. you can still cover him with two linebackers up the seam. Like you, or you can have a safety over the top and the linebacker trailing. Uh, yes, he still will get double teamed, but this is what he's saying. One, you're not playing another team. You're playing your own team. So your own team is playing man because that's what, again, telling what Brian Flores is about. We've talked about this. He likes to play man coverage and get after the quarterback. So Brian Flores is just giving them and and scheme-wise what they do, which is man coverage. Now, he is going to run zone, and and again, Ryan Clark said that. He has the multiple set coverages where he's going to show some four, show some three, jump into a two, play a little six, play a little over, and then at the end of the day sometimes go zero. No safety help. Both safeties maybe come down, and they cover a tight end because you have two tight ends in the game, two receivers. Maybe my corners are going to be manned up on receivers. My two safeties are going to be manned up on tight ends, and I'm going to get up to the quarterback. I'm going zero, and then somebody's got to spy the running back because you don't want to be dumped off to a back, and then somebody's probably got to spy the quarterback and not just blitz blindly unless it's a quarterback that doesn't run the ball. Now, if it's Justin uh, Hurts, or sorry, Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields, you can't just rush blindly. If it's Jared Goff, go get him. You know, he's not going to run like he's not going to hurt you with his feet. So, no, I think TJ Hawkins is just speaking to what he's seen now, which is Flo has a lot of man coverage. But I will say this. If Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne and Jordan Addison are in the game, more than not, you're not going to get double because they're going to double JJ. Like, I don't think they're going to think we got to double TJ. They're going to double JJ. So, yeah, I think he's just saying, hey, look, we have another speedy weapon and I'm getting man coverage and this feels good. 
All right, one more for you. Um, this is Kenny Wangwu reacting to the new fair catch rule, Ooh. which got approved yesterday. Uh, <laughs> this has taken a lot of power away from the kick returner. Pardon the uh, the wind interference on this video, but see if you can hear it. I mean, you know, like, I, I think personally, for us, we like to be aggressive on those special teams' pages. Um, I know it, for our kickoff, team, you know, being aggressive, you know, trying to get Maybe don't spend enough time on the kickoff return phase, but for us, it doesn't change our mindset of just being aggressive on those phases. I mean, that's a coach question. I want to take every ball out, but you know, I understand I got to play within the realms of scheme. All right. So, uh, what do you think the impact is going to be on that man, Kenny Wangwu? I mean, he wants. He doesn't want to do it. Um, I was going to say with Bernard, but I want to. I want to wait. I've been texting with uh, Cordero Patterson. Um, so hopefully we can get him on soon. He said he's going to look his last text back to me was I'm going to look at my schedule next week. So maybe next week or next week or two. Um, you know, I know he's working out trying to, you know, find himself what he's going to do. Uh, but Cordell Patterson is another one. Like, I feel like enough kick returners, if they boycott the rule, meaning I'm not fair catching this, we're all just going to let's all just catch it and run it out. Like, screw our coaches, screw the screw the rule. Now, there's a problem, though. If you're a superstar like Devin Hester, you can say, screw you, coach. I'm bringing this out. If you're a guy like Kane Wangwu, like he said, it's up to the coaches. He's got to kind of do what they say. So they're going to tell him, like, hey, look, man, look at your feet and where you're at. If you're at the one, fair catch that, man. Let's take it to the 25 because from the one, it's a deep kick and it's perfect. And the chances of you making back to the 25 are slim. But the chances of us getting a 35 fair catch it is 100%. So, like, I, you know, that's that's going to be the code. And then now you're not in the shadow of your own goalpost. The, you don't give the other team momentum when they make a big tackle inside the 10 or 15 because that's considered a win by special teams. So, yeah, it, it does suck. But Narbarian brought that up. But Narbarian was a kick returner. Like he made the team and was higher value third round pick because of his kick return ability and his speed. <sighs> if, you're, if you're the third running back and that's all you really do is kick return. The, I mean, you said it, Sam, like the Ty Chandler's now. Maybe you're looking more enticing to teams. Like you're more of a true running back. Uh, the kid from uh from uh UCF or UF, USF uh, that they just bought in the 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 running back rookie, um, McBride. McBride. Like you know, like if you're not a true kick return, but you're more of a true running back, a true scat back. Maybe coaches like, look, man, I could put KJ Osborne back there to fair catch a a, a, a kickoff because that's easy for a guy that can catch punts. You know what I mean? Like. So, yeah, so we'll see. But, no, I think Kane Wangwu, I mean, he's, he's like he said, he said, I want to bring it out. I want to be aggressive special teams. We still want to try to return these. But, hey, th this is a one-year rule thing, and let's see what happens. If they lower the injuries on kickoff return and if they lower the concussions, this might be the way they go. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because Matt Daniels was asked about this very thing earlier today, and Daniels didn't think it was going to have much of an effect. Uh, I guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. But I my opinion is is that, it incentivizes just the kickers to just send it deep, right? Because right. they can all make it through the end zone. I feel like why even like, cause if they're going to call a fair catch at the five, right. Why even um, pooch it? Yeah. Why even, yeah. Why even pooch it? Why not just send it out the back of the end zone every time? Yep. I think that's, that's going to cause a lot of fewer returns in my opinion. Yeah. And they'll see if, if the ratings don't change and the dollars keep coming and the players are safe. I think the owners are going to be okay with it. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. Uh, that was Gabe Henderson joining us in the first two segments. We want to thank you guys. And remember, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, wherever you get your podcast, just make sure you hit the subscribe button. Also, on YouTube.
hit the follow button. You just have to have an email address, log into YouTube, hit the follow button for Locked On Sports Minnesota. You'll get updates for all of our videos, all of our shows, and we'll be back next week. We got, like I said, we got some great guests. Lamecki Brockington, Gophers receiver, uh, Zach O'Gill, uh, newest Viking fullback, and then, of course, Mo Lindquist. University of Buffalo head coach. We're going to mix the shows in there in the next two weeks, but you guys don't want to miss that. Got some other great guests on the horn. Cordell Patterson, uh, Merrill Hodge going to join us soon. So it's going to be a great summer, people. But I'm Ron Johnson, and I want you guys to have a great day.